Egg. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's, uh, it's a good day. The candle's lit, so. Yeah, let the celebration from last Sunday just continue on. How fun was that, huh? I mean, as a church family getting to celebrate and to cheer and to witness uh, so many decisions for Christ that were made. Over 40 plus people were baptized. Let's celebrate with them. Fifteen of those uh, folks were spontaneous decisions. So we celebrate with those 15. <clears throat> In other words, they came to church last Sunday not planning on making any kind of major decision in their life spiritually, but they had no plans to, to get wet, get baptized. But while sitting here in our service, they experienced the presence of God. They sensed him sp speaking to them, and they said yes to the God who is prompting them to do uh, what he asked them to do. So let's take a moment and celebrate over 40 plus people who decided to be baptized. Feel free to clap and cheer as I read their name, all right? Here we go. Let's celebrate Adeline, Alyssa, Amy, Aniston, Asher, Ashley, Bentley, Brad, Brandy, Brayton, Candy, Chris, Craig, Diane, Micah, Naomi, Noah, RJ, Rainey, Sherilyn, Stephanie, we celebrate with you, Stormy, Susan, Taylor, and Taylor, and Tinley. Come on, give it up for them. And if you missed last Sunday, or maybe the, the Lord has been speaking to you over this past week, prompting you, it's not too late. We're still baptizing folks today. Uh, simply head out to the pond after this service. If uh, that is something that's been on your heart to do and you need to get done, be in obedience, then there are some pastors who are waiting for you at the pond. Go directly to them, let them know you're interested. And then if you need to change clothes, they'll still be there as you come back, all right? So, uh, well, hey, uh, I also wanna just take a moment and say thank you to you beautiful people of the Church of Jesus Christ here at Brandywine. Uh, thank you for continuing to invite people to our services like you did last week, uh, the unchurched, uh, your unchurched friends and family who, uh, who aren't normally in church and normally sitting in the presence of God. Uh, thank you for caring. You do that so well. Thank you for caring about what God cares about. And we say it around here, lost people matter to God, therefore they ought to what? Matter to us. And so thank you for trusting our staff uh, and pastors and the partnership that we've had through the years, knowing that our services are gonna be a safe place to bring your unchurched friends and family members to come and investigate Christianity, knowing that we're gonna make every effort on our part to present the gospel in a clear and compelling way. So thank you for continuing to invite. Thank you for trusting us as your, as your leadership. Thank you for partnering with us and reaching the unchurched and help leading them to be fully devoted followers of Christ 
love you and appreciate you for that. With our remaining time, um, I just want to share with you where we're headed in the next eight weeks, because I'm, I'm pumped uh, about this new fall series. This morning, I'm going to give an introduction message, and really everything launches uh, next week. But I'm, I'm giving the vision and hopefully the buy-in, all right? And um, we're going to be talking about the name above all names for the next two months. And if you'll recall, earlier this year, we did a teaching series called God Is, focusing on the attributes of God, the many attributes. And the feedback we got from that was really positive, which is good. I mean, as, as we look, as we got toward the end of that series, people began to say, hey, let's keep going. You know, we want more, uh, which is obviously better than the alternative, like, hey, When's this thing gonna get over? You know, Phew, I'm bored to death. But uh, w we listen to you, and we're approaching this one uh, a little bit different, a different twist. In this teaching series, we're going to focus specifically on the different names and the titles of Jesus in the Bible, all right? Uh, the, the names and titles of Jesus in Scripture. It was Shakespeare who asked the question, what's in a name? It's a good question. Did you know that back in the 1100s, uh, up until the 1100s, that most everyone just had one name? All right? If your name was John, it was nothing more, just John, all right? Uh, that people still weren't using surnames or second names yet. And so just like Back in Scripture and back in Bible days, people were given only one name up until the 1100s. And yet that one name carried such great importance. And there was such significant meaning behind that name. Now, even still today, names matter, right? I mean, wouldn't you agree? Otherwise, I mean, why, why do so many parents struggle over choosing names for their, their kids, you know? So names matter, which is why you don't hear parents name their children anymore names like Judas, you know, or, or Dorcas, or Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, no, not a, there's not any parents looking at the crib today going, oh, look at little Nebuchadnezzar. You know, they don't do that. They don't do that. Names matter. And that's why many folks, even today, will change their name if they don't like it. Or if you're, you know, a, an actor, actress, a lot of them do that. Um, I heard one guy, I don't know if I should tell this or not, it was kind of went, went bad last week, or last service. I heard one guy who decided to change his name. His name was William, which is a good name, right? His last name was Stinks. He finally got tired of hearing everybody saying, William stinks, all right? So one day he's like, I'm changing. I'm going to go legally change my name. So he began the legal process, the procedures to get his name changed. And uh, the clerk at the courthouse asked him, sir, what is your name? He said, well, my name is William Stinks. And the clerk at the courthouse said, well, how do you want to change your name? And he said, well, I'd like to change it to Bill Stinks. 
glad somebody enjoyed it. <laughs> Everybody should have a right to change their name if, if, if they don't like it, right? Because names matter. They still matter. Uh, back in biblical times, again, there was a great meaning significance behind the name that they would give a child or even God would give the name of an adult and change their name. In fact, whenever that child was named, uh, they were to now live out that name that was given to them, whatever that name was. Now, God named the first man in the Bible Adam, okay? He was named Adam, why? Because he was made from the dust of the ground. And in Hebrew, if you don't know, Adam means earth. So it makes sense, Adam. Uh, if you remember, God changed Abram's name to Abraham, which means the father of many nations, which is a perfect description of God's calling and purpose that he had on Abraham's life. Uh, so again, back in biblical times, a person's name even, even conveyed what they were going to do, and it also con conveyed their nature and character of that person at times. Can you imagine? I mean, what would, how would you like it if you were named by your nature or your character? Uh, what would they call you? One name, <laughs> all right? Would they call you, would you be called Joy? That's what I'd call my wife. Would you, would you be called Faith? Maybe, maybe it'd be a different, maybe, maybe they'd just call you negative. Or maybe they'd call you critical. I mean, have you ever been some, around somebody with a critical spirit? I mean, it's not fun. I, if, if you've ever been around them, they look at the world as if they've got Limburger cheese right here under their nose all the time. You know? Everything stinks to them, right? And, and so they're like, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, the whole... The, the whole world stinks, you know? And if that's your nature, character, and I'm thinking, you might want to change your name to William Stinks. <laughs> I don't know. Every church in America has a few of these, you know, across the country. They usually self-appoint themselves as the church police, and, they, and they're always finding fault, as if there's some reward in it, you know? They usually, they, they are uh, finding something that someone's doing that's not quite right, uh, always finding fault, and they cloak this with spiritual talk. And if you know anything about the Lord, it's not spiritual at all. In fact, it's just the opposite. It's evil. Jesus had a sweet spirit. How many of you are with me? He had a sweet spirit, and he was known for what he was for, not what or what he was against. And so. I just want to encourage, I know I'm getting off on a little tangent here, but be careful with having people in your inner circle, friends who have a critical spirit, because uh, just like your mom told you growing up, you become like those you run with, birds of a feather locked together, and they rub off on you. So I'm a big fan of uh, Speak Life quotes from Toby Mac. Uh, you see on social media once in a while. Here's, here's one of the most recent, drove this point home. He said, quote, sometimes you have to tell the negative committee in your head to sit down and shut up, you know? And so, practice. 
Uh, if you were given a name, what name would convey your nature, your character? Names matter. If, if you, again, if you live back in biblical times, your name would have conveyed your nature and your character, which is why I'm so excited about this next eight weeks together as we study the greatest name in the history of all the universe. Jesus was given the greatest name in all of history. The Bible says his name is supreme above all other names, the name of Jesus. In Philippians 2, our text, verse 1, for our series, therefore, God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Why was Jesus given the greatest name in history? Well, a wise Bible professor once told me, Mark, anytime you see the word therefore in scripture, you need to look and see what it's there for, all right? And so the best way to do that is to take your text, go back some verses, the previous verses, and find out more information on why they're saying that. And then go even after that text, that verse, and see more information about the why. So let's do that this morning. The previous verse, six through eight, Paul states this. Though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. So as, as we look together, surrounding the context, it really helps us to understand why Jesus has called the name above all names. One reason is because he's God, right? God's name is the name above all names. But even though he's God, he humbled himself, Jesus humbled himself out of his great love for you and I, and he left heaven, come to earth, down to earth to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus became the perfect sacrifice. There's no one else who could have lived a sinless life than God. There's no one else who could have died for the sins of the world but Jesus, all right? So because of what Jesus accomplished for you and I on the cross, for every person who's ever lived, his name is the greatest of all, amen? Only Jesus can provide the forgiveness and, and the salvation for all who place their faith in him. And that's why in verse 9, Paul says, Therefore, God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. And what does Paul say after that? He says in verse 10, That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Paul explains that there's going to be a day when every person who has ever lived, it, they're going to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. That's gonna happen. Right now in our present day, not everyone acknowledges Jesus is Lord. We know that. But Paul says one day that's gonna happen. 
One day, everyone is going to bow and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. The only question then is when? You can do it now or you can do it later. If you do it now, it has saving power is what uh, he's saying. Or if you wait until judgment day, then it's going to be too late. All right? So in that context, Paul says, Jesus' name is the greatest of all names. His name is a name above all names. All right? So what names uh, and titles of Jesus will we be studying over the next eight weeks? And when you look, think of names and titles, the precise difference between a name versus a title is somewhat open to interpretation, but take a guess. How many names and titles do you think there are in Scripture? 50? 75? 100? There are 198 different names and titles of Jesus through Scripture. I mean, that's a lot. Jesus Christ is so great in his person and work that it takes hundreds of names just to describe him. And then we still don't get it all. But over the next couple of months, we're going to study eight, one, one a week, uh, eight names of Jesus. And most of them being found in the, the Gospel of John. That's why we're going to read through the John. We're encouraging and challenge the whole church here at Brandywine to join in and reading the book of John uh, starting uh, a week from now. Uh, it'll be a seven-week period, and we'll be, uh, we, we're giving you a bookmark so we can do this together on a reading plan. Um, so which eight names are we studying together? Well, week one, we're going to look at the Word. Jesus is the Word. He said, I'm the Word. And week two, Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. We're going to look at that together. His name, the Good Shepherd. Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And then week three, he is the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Week four, he is the vine. Week five, Jesus is, is the great high priest. We're going to look at the na his name, the great high priest. Week six, Jesus is Lord, and we're going to ask ourselves and look at how we can make Jesus Lord of our life. Week seven, Jesus is the great physician. You know, when I was in my mid-20s, um, I remember walking into my family doctor, my family physician's office, and over the hallway door where you walk back to, to be examined, my doctor had these words inscribed over the doorway and, and the, said, quote, have you consulted the great physician yet? <laughs> and I thought to myself, no, I haven't. <laughs> you know, Jesus has come to be our healer emotionally, spiritually, physically, and he can still heal a broken heart today. He can still uh, heal a strained relationship. We're going to talk about all that uh, because he is our healer, uh, our great physician. And sometimes we see healing, other times we don't. We're going to talk about that, all right? And then finally, on week eight, we will move uh, to the book of Revelation. And, and we're going to end, conclude the eight weeks uh, looking at Jesus' name, the, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, which actually there's two other names that go with that in Revelation. He's the morning star and he's the king of kings. So uh, I'm pumped. I don't know about you. I'm going to have a good time and I hope some of you come along with me. Why are we studying the names of Jesus? 
Well, number one, to know him better. Okay, if you're following along your notes, all these different names of Jesus tell us so much about who he is. And the better we understand him, the better we're gonna know him. Secondly, not only to know him better, but to experience him deeper. The goal is that you and I would experience him deeper in our lives, that we would understand more of who he is and what he came to do in our lives on a personal, in a personal way, to experience him. I think you're gonna find these names and titles of Jesus to be fascinating. I mean, they're rich in their meaning, and, and, but in my, it's my prayer that you would actually have an encounter with whatever that particular name is as we're studying it, that you would actually experience Jesus in that way, that you would actually experience him uh, as your shepherd, as we look at the shepherds, you'd, you'd experience him as the vine and that, that which would cause our life to bear much fruit. I mean, experience him in that way. I wanna pray scripture over you this morning. Can I do that? Ephesians 3.18, I'm gonna pray this over you as we move into this teaching series together. I pray that Jesus Christ would be more and more at home in your hearts as you learn to trust him. I pray that your roots would go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. That's my prayer for you, that's my heart. And I pray that you'd be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, and how high God's love for you really is, and that you would want, that you would experience this love for yourself, though it is so great, we'll never fully understand it. I mean, that's why there's so many titles and names of Jesus, and it's still not enough. We'll never fully understand it. But the goal of this series is to, number one, know him better, to experience him deeper, and number three, to accept him more fully in our, all the ways that he's revealed himself to us, that we would accept and receive him in that way in our life. Uh, Jesus has a name, did you know this? Jesus has a name for every situation that you'll ever find yourself in this, in this world, in this life. As you are very aware, this journey through life is not always easy. It doesn't matter if you're a fully devoted Christ follower or not. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but he says he'll deliver from them all. And, and this journey that we walk together as Christ followers, it's full of many twists and turns and valleys. But Jesus said, I am with you always to the ends of the earth. And if you will study the different names of Jesus, like we're gonna to do together and really put your heart into it. I just wanna challenge you to ask these questions as we do that. Ask yourself, is, is this who Jesus is to me in my everyday life as I study that name and title of Jesus? Is this who he is to me? Am I believing and receiving and experiencing Christ in all those ways that he's revealed himself to us in scripture? Is he that way fully to me in my life, in my everyday walk, my everyday walking around life? Is he that way for me? Because if we're not careful, folks, it's easy for us to just kind of coast through life, 
find the next little thrill that has nothing to do with the things of God and, and, and not really excited about the things of God, not really living fully for him, just kind of living a lukewarm, you know, Christian life that misses out on the joy, misses out on the excitement that comes from being in the presence of God moment by moment throughout our day. You see, what I love about this series is that it's really a series about worship. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna be worshiping God through this whole series. Anytime you focus intently on knowing Jesus better and experiencing him deeper and accepting him more fully for who he is as we look at who he is and his names, the names of Jesus, we can't help but worshiping, right? Did you know that you can learn to be in the presence of God every day, each moment as you walk throughout your day? You can learn to touch heaven. My dad used to use that term all the time. You can touch heaven every day. And I watched him do that, and he lived that out in front of me. And he was one of the most joy-filled people I'd ever been around. And uh, it made an impression on me because he touched, he learned to touch heaven every day. Jesus said, I am with you always. It's just that we don't always acknowledge him. He's always there. If you learn to acknowledge him there with you, it becomes the best part of your day, throughout your day. Amen. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing like it. You feel him near as you're acknowledging him and worshiping him. And you, you begin to talk to him and commune with him uh, throughout your day, and it's beautiful. The, the, and then you sense him speaking to you uh, as you pray, not audibly, but impressions. He speaks to you as you pray and you read uh, the word of God, and then you begin to feel his love and his smile on your life. And there's nothing like it, folks. And to know that when you need wisdom, and guidance that his spirit is there to help lead you in the major decisions, the little decisions. It doesn't matter, he's there and he's ready. He said, you want wisdom? Ask, I'll give it. And to know that when you go through difficult seasons in life that you will actually feel the presence of God, his peace that surpasses all understanding. It's like, this is not normal. No, it's not because you're in the presence of God. And to know that when you're feeling weak, that he'll give you the power to do and accomplish things that you never thought you'd ever be able to do on your own. And you couldn't, but you can because you're in his presence. And there's nothing like living moment by moment in the presence of God. Learning who Jesus is and focusing on what he wants to be in our lives that's going to help us move into living in the presence of God and practicing it. So our final minutes here together, we're going to watch a short video clip and then we're going to uh, sing a worship song. I think you'll want to after this clip. And then I'll close out my message here with a, a briefly just with a challenge and then we'll take communion together, okay? So here we go. Um, 
Dr. S.M. Lockridge shared this message many years ago, a uh, great preacher, and he, he really demonstrates how focusing on the names of Jesus leads us into worship and in the presence of God, all right? I showed this video 25 years ago here at Brandywine when we were in the uh, high school auditorium, and the graphics have obviously been updated, but the message from Lockridge of who Jesus is and how it moves us into worshiping him and into the presence of God, it's still relevant today. You watch, listen. I wonder if you know him. Don't try to mislead me. Do you know my king? The Bible says he's a king of the Jews. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. Well, no barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his soulless supply. Well, he's enduringly strong. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's preeminent. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Do you know my king? Well, my king is a king of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a gateway of glory. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Do you know him? Well, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm coming to tell you, the heavens of heaven cannot contain him, let alone a man explain him. You can't get him out of your mouth. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, 
Pharisees couldn't stand it. But they found out they couldn't stop it. Pilate couldn't find any fault in it. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. He always has been. And he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor. And he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him. And there'll be nobody after him. You can't even teach him. And he's not going to resign. That's my king. Yeah. Do you know him? He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the populace. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And he's the lord of lords. That's my king. Yeah. seated for a moment. This is a challenge here at the end of the message here. I, a year from now, I want to ask you, how much farther down the road do you want to be spiritually from a year from now? Do you want to grow in your walk with the Lord? Do you want to be closer to Him than you are today? Do you want to grow stronger in your faith? 
or you just want to stay where you're at. Here's the deal. Spiritual maturity is not automatic, all right? It's a choice. Uh, you have to choose to want to grow and put feet to it. In order to grow spiritually, you have to learn to say no to some of the good things in your life in order to say yes to God's best. Are you with me? You have to say no to some of those good things and nothing wrong with them. It's just you got to lay them aside for a season to seek God's best. It's a choice. And the bottom line is that over these next eight weeks, you get to be as close to God as you want to be. You get to choose how close to God you want to be. Quite frankly, there are some folks who are not willing to set aside the time, a season, to grow in Christ. And I realize you just can't go full on, you know, studying hard about who he is for, uh, for 360 some days a year, but you can go several weeks like we're doing and we're, we're challenging everybody. Some folks, I mean, they'll set aside time for everything else, but, you know, they got the extracurriculum activity, whatever the kids want to do or whatever we do, you know, we'll participate in that or we can set aside time. We'll make sure we catch all the Colts games, you know, we'll make sure that we set a time to watch TV or go hunting or fishing or, or kayaking, whatever, all the other things. But neglect to set aside eight weeks of our life to really focus on growing in our relationship with Jesus. And we left wondering, what is that? Well, it's not a fully devoted follower. Full devotion to Christ should be normal. Uh, that's what we teach here at Brandywine. And we all have time to do what we want to do. Amen? We all have time to do what we want to do. So I'm, I'm asking you to take out, I want to challenge you to take out this response card that you were given when you came in this morning. If you didn't get one, there should be one in your seat back there in front of you. And if you'd rather go digital, we have that for you as well. Uh, just take out your phone, open up your camera app, and point it toward the QR code up on the screen, and it will pull up one of these cards, uh, response cards as well. And the response card says, yes, count me in. I want to grow with my church family over the next, next eight weeks. Uh, how will I grow? Uh, number one, by hearing all eight messages in our Name Above All Names series. And can I just say there's no substitute for being in corporate worship like you are today? Uh, and I realize not everybody's able to physically or what, but a lot of Christians got sloppy with weekly worship at the temple, as the New Testament talks about, uh, following COVID. And bad habits are hard to break, you know? We got all these fun things we wanna do, and yet we miss God's great things. Jesus set the example for us here on this one. I mean, the Bible says he regularly went to the temple uh, as a habit to worship on Sunday. So uh, if he went regularly, that's a habit, right? So if I'm a Christ follower, I'm going to follow his lead. And that's why even when I was on vacation in Florida this summer, we, uh, we not only watched 
this service online. We actually uh, went and attended a service each week as well uh, in, in a local church. Now, if you, if you happen to be sick or not physically able to get out, I'm not talking to you, uh, or if you're traveling, you're vacationing out of uh, town or business, uh, you know, that's who the online ministry is for. And when it's, it's a beautiful tool when it's used uh, in the right way. We record all of our messages. Uh, you can catch that on our website. It's on video and uh, it's free right there for you to, to watch or download. Yes, I want to grow by, check that off, hearing all eight messages. I can do that faster. I want to grow. Number two, I want to grow by joining an eight-week life group. And if you're not currently in any type of small group, now's the time to join one. Uh, personally, I can say this, that my wife and I have been in a life group for the last 37 years straight. We've been in a life group. Now, why? Because biblically, we know both, we, both of us know our need to be in a small group of people who become family and who are like-minded people to do life with. And honestly, I can't imagine not doing life with these people now that we've been doing it for so many years. When someone in our group celebrates a win in their life, we're all together there celebrating with them doing life with, when someone in our group is hurting or they've lost a loved one, we're there, you know, together hurting with them. Just living life together. And uh, one of the values that we have here at Brandywine is we say that life change happens best in small groups, in circles. Um, rows are biblical like we're in today. You know, obviously, the Bible says, let us not neglect assembling ourselves together in worship, as some people have. Rows are great, they're biblical, but circles are better, even better. A life group, in a life group, you'll experience fellowship, community, and, and, and uh, if it's really biblical community, it's like, man, this is, this is awesome. You know, our masks are off, we, we share what's really on our hearts, and and you, you learn to uh, lean on one another and you learn the scriptures from one another, what they're saying, their take on it. It's a place where you can be prayed for or you can pray for others. It's a place to find support and encouragement and acceptance. If you have not tried a life group before, now's the time. We're better together, amen? And circles are better even than rows. Um, you were given a handout when you came in of a list of groups. Some of these are brand new groups and others are existing groups, uh, but uh, all are accepting new people into the group, whether it's a new group or existing group. It's got the day of the week, location, those who have childcare available. If you're not in a group, I would encourage you before you leave the building today, visit the tables out in the group link in the atrium before you leave. Visit those tables. There's people out there. They're all smiling. They're happy people. I think you'd enjoy them. I don't think they have a single Bill Stinks in our... our okay. All right. Uh, check that box. Yes, I will be glad to join an eight-week group. Number three, yes, I want to grow by hosting an eight-week life group. And we're looking for folks who are willing to say, hey, I can do this. I can invite just a couple of my friends over, two, three, four, five friends over. 
to look at the discussion group that the pastors send out. And the easiest way to join a life group is to start one your own and simply invite them, a few friends over. So thank you for those of you who are sensing the prompting right, says I can do this. And you can do this. You can invite a few friends over to study the names of Jesus. Uh, people often shy away from hosting because of uh, wrong, uh, all the wrong reasons. They're thinking, well, I gotta know all the answers. You do not. You know, you don't have to teach anything. You're just looking at discussions together. You simply discuss a few questions that we've prepared for you each week. And again, one of the people's biggest fears is, oh, they're gonna ask a question and I don't know how to answer it. You know what happens in my group when people do that? A lot of times your pastor will say, I don't know. That's what you say when you, you say, I don't know. And, you, and then you say, oh, I'll go find out though. I'll, I'll try to find out next week. Uh, and let you know next week when we, we meet together. So um, check that box and say, I'd be glad. Thank you for being willing to invite a few friends over to the group, to form a group. Pastor Matt will be in the cafe for those of you willing to do that or just investigate doing that. Go talk to Pastor Matt in the cafe right after this service. And then lastly, number four, I will grow by reading the Gospel of John over a seven-week period, and then you can pull out your little bookmark here, and we'll start that, not this week, but the following week. It'll be a seven-week run in the Gospel of John. I'm excited about growing with you in these coming weeks. I'm excited about learning myself more about who Jesus is and his names and the meaning behind that and embracing those myself. Uh, you can take this response card after you've checked these off. And during communion today, you can just lay these at, on stage or at the altars, wherever you're at. Or there's also buckets as we leave the exit tunnels. You can put them in buckets, however you want to do it. Or you can just do it digitally and uh, send it on in, okay? Well, let's pray together. Let's pray. Would you close? Father, thank you that you are the name above all names. God, that you, you Jesus, you give us a clear picture of who you are through the, your titles, your names of scripture, and who you want to be in our lives. And so many of my brothers and sisters here in Christ are saying, I wanna grow, count me in. I want to get to know you better. I want to get to know you more. And I commit myself over these next eight weeks to doing just that, to know you better, to experiencing you deeper, and to accept you more fully in all the ways that you've revealed yourself in Scripture to us. And I'm committing myself to you, God, and to my church family by hearing the messages and by joining and being a part of a life group and experiencing life together with a few friends and family, and by reading your word. God, put your blessing over this new teaching series. And I just agree, I want to live in your presence and learn to do that moment by moment. And I know that this series is gonna help me do that. I want you to become first in my thoughts and my heart, 
and I want to grow to trust you more. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.